You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. If you uh, call Life home, uh, you'll absolutely know that we are in a year that we have entitled and spoken over, a year of overcome, uh, which is awesome. Who wants to overcome some things in their life? Brilliant. I know for me, so many things to overcome, so many areas to just grow up in general. Uh, but, you know, there's the sense of overcoming. Uh, and one of the key scriptures we've used for this is in John 16, uh, which uh, I'll share with you right now. John 16, verse 33 says this. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Uh, who's encouraged that, that Jesus in his language and his life and his ministry and his death and his resurrection, that by that and through that, we have a sense of overcoming, that we can overcome because he's overcome, that we can take heart in that. Are you thankful this morning? I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful for Jesus in my life. I'm so thankful for uh, who he is, for what he's done, uh, the, the way that he's, he's changed my life completely. I'm, uh, there's no words uh, that I can articulate or come up with to explain how grateful I am. And um, you know, today we're going to continue that theme of overcoming. And so what I'd love to do first is pray. Is that okay? And really just invite God to be a part of what we're doing. Uh, he's the most important thing in this, this whole thing. So why don't we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you that you first overcame that uh, in essence and in turn we can overcome ourselves. Uh, Father, we, uh, we don't want to leave the same as we came in today. So God, as this part of the service comes around, I pray that you'd speak uh, to every person. Uh, God, that we'd approach this time with expectation, with an openness, uh, open mind, open hearts, God, to receive all that you have for us. Uh, Holy Spirit, we need you. Uh, I need you. Would you lead and would you guide? Would you uh, speak to individuals? Would you speak to families, God? Even when uh, the words don't even properly connect, God, in terms of what I'm saying, but would you take those words uh, and would you speak to situations that are living uh, right now? And so, God, we give you all glory, we give you honor, and we, uh, again, just come into your presence with a thankful heart. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. And so when it comes to this theme of overcoming, uh, I want to start in the book of Galatians or the letter to the Galatian church. And so if you've got your Bibles, you can start to find that or, or turn to that. And uh, I thought it would be important and significant to uh, unpack a little bit before we jump into it, you know, what's going on at the time for the church in Galatia or uh, the surrounding areas. And so what we know is that the Apostle Paul wrote this letter. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the Apostle Paul, he wrote uh, two-thirds of the New Testament. In the book of Acts, we see him as Saul, who has an encounter with Jesus. Uh, he sees him in, in person, uh, and they have an encounter. And Paul becomes really the apostle to the Gentiles, uh, the apostle to uh, the non-Jewish people to spread the message of who Jesus is, which is awesome. And in this particular case, uh, Paul has planted this church, so he's an apostle, a church planter. Uh, so he's not so much a, uh, a pastor of sense, uh, and he's uh, not so much an evangelist, uh, but he's an apostle. And so he writes these letters to the churches that he's planted in the New Testament. Uh, mainly what he's writing is to, to strengthen the church. Uh, to strengthen the church that he's been involved in, that he's visited, uh, that he's broken bread with. 
And uh, so he's writing to strengthen them. He's writing to correct them. He's writing to uh, bring the churches back on track if for whatever reason they have found themselves going off course. Anyone gone off course before in their, their life, their world? Just need a bit of bringing back on track, which is good. And uh, so that's what he's writing to them, to them about. And I guess first and foremost, I do want to say that uh, my goal for today is that we would simply grow together. Is that okay? Uh, just that we would grow. Uh, I don't know about you, but I know I need to grow and uh, I definitely need to grow up in some areas, but you know, just that we would grow together as a community and as a church. And so uh, where we find ourselves in this particular context and what he's writing specifically to is that uh, there's a bit of tension going on in this particular church. I'm sure there's no tension ever in our church at all. We're, uh, we're peaceful and graceful about everything that goes on. Um, but this church, there's some tension uh, going on between the Jewish Christians and the non-Jewish Christians. Okay, so um, I guess picture it this way. They're all kind of saved kind of recently. The, the legacy of who Jesus is is uh, not quite sunk in, and so there's still some, uh, a lot of tension and questions around what it means to be Jewish and what it means to be a Christian and follow Jesus at this point in time. And so uh, the Jewish Christians, they are teaching and talking about, uh, I guess, the role of faith to the non-Jewish Christians is that, you know, you're not just saved by grace, but this is what Paul professes, this is what Christ said. Um, but actually, you still need to upkeep uh, all these Jewish regulations that, you know, that we've been upkeeping for centuries, this way of life, this way of doing things. And so uh, there's lots of tension around stuff like circumcision. Uh, you know, when they've been going out for dinner, uh, some of the non-Jewish Christians, they've been uh, just at liberty and freely ordering the, the pork belly, um, you know, I love a good pork belly bow, our personal favorite. And so uh, there's lots of tension around what's been going on. Um, and so the Jewish Christians are saying, you know, actually to be a Christian, you need to uphold all the stuff. Non-Jewish Christians are like, oh, really? But Paul's teaching that we're saved by grace and that we're justified, justified by faith. So, you know, what's true? What's going on? And so Paul writes this letter uh, in that particular context. Is that Okay. Brilliant. Uh, so we're going to pick things up in chapter two. Man, it's like fluoro right now. I'm like, you know, I'm loving it. Um, uh, so we're going to pick things up in chapter two, but in chapter one, I just want to let you know what's been going on. And so in chapter one, uh, Paul has had a go at the church, to say the least. He, in his own words, he's saying, so soon you've turned away from the gospel that I was preaching to you. Uh, so easily you've been influenced by this other teaching from this other way of doing life. Come on, what's going on? And he's a little bit disappointed. Uh, and what I've been preaching to you is the real gospel. It's been confirmed by Peter and the crew. Uh, Peter was uh, a disciple of Jesus and really the head of the church, if you could say that. And, uh, you know, this was confirmed when I visited, visited them. You guys know this. So that's what's going on in chapter one. And then we get to chapter two. And uh, we're going to pick things up in verse 11. So if you've got your Bibles on you, find verse 11. And it's a bit of a famous scripture where Paul and Peter have a bit of a confrontation. And again, Peter is a disciple of Jesus. He walked with Jesus, so he was in Jesus in a circle. Uh, but we're going to pick things up and uh, find out what's about to go down and what's been happening. And so uh, Galatians 2 verse 11 says this. Uh, I'm using the message version for this particular passage uh, man, it just I thought it paraphrased things so well and was so easy to understand. So hopefully you're 
keep up to speed with me, but uh, verse 11. Uh, Later, when Peter came to Antioch, I had a face-to-face confrontation with him because he was clearly out of line. Here's the situation. Earlier, before certain persons had come from James, who was Jesus' brother, uh, Peter regularly ate with the non-Jews. But when that conservative group came from Jerusalem, he cautiously pulled back, uh, which is a key part of the passage uh, that we want to focus on. So he cautiously pulled back from them and put as much distance as he could manage between himself and his non-Jewish friends. So Peter has in one moment uh, been okay. He's been totally sweet about eating with uh, his non-Jewish friends and Christians. But then all of a sudden, some of his Jewish buddies rock into town. They turn up on the scene. And now he wants nothing to do with the non-Jews. The Gentile Christians is another way of saying it. So picking the scripture back up. That's how fearful he was of the conservative Jewish clique that's been pushing the old system of circumcision. Unfortunately, the rest of the Jews in the Antioch church had joined in that hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was swept along in the charade. So what we see here in this passage of Scripture is that the, uh, the, the rest of the Jews in the church had joined in with Peter in this old way of belief, in this old way of living, and really turned away from the gospel in which the Apostle Paul was, was preaching and that he had presented to them. And my key message and what I want to speak about today is this very fact of, man, how do we keep from turning back? How do we keep from turning back? Or let me put it this way, how do we keep on overcoming? How do we keep on overcoming? I think it's a really good question that we can frame a a couple of different ways. Uh, Again, how do we keep from going back to our old way of living? And, man, in our daily walk with God, with Jesus, how do we keep on overcoming? Is that okay? Because I... I don't know if you're like me, but if I was completely honest, uh, I can uh, go from loving Jesus and then in a matter of moments or a matter of seconds, who knows that sometimes like, man, do I know Jesus right now? Like, am I even saved? The stuff that I'm saying, the stuff that I'm doing, uh, how I'm feeling in my, in my heart, in my mind, you know, am I saved right now? And uh, this came to fruition not that long ago. And you know, it was a couple of Saturdays ago and uh, I was at home with uh, my amazing wife, Bex, and my amazing children. Uh, it was a Saturday, and who knows, like, man, every Saturday in Auckland, it just rains, right? It just rains. And uh, so it was another rainy day at our house. And uh, who knows that when you've got small kids and it's raining outside, uh, things start to get a little bit, what's a good word for it? Uh, things get short very quickly, you know? You're like, man, is this what I really signed up for? Is this my life right now? Am I... Kids just roaming around screaming. I'm like, man, this is crazy. So at our house, there's quite clearly a tipping point where we need to get the kids out of the house. Any parents with me? And so on this particular day, we're like, okay, we've got to get these kids out of here. Uh, They are crazy. Um, We can't handle it anymore. And so we thought, okay, in this particular instance, why don't we go to take them to the museum? So we thought, okay, that's a great idea. So we piled the car up. we started driving to the museum. And so, yes, our children are going to be very cultured. They go to the museum every rainy Saturday. So they're there a lot. They're learning lots. Um, in particular, Levi loves um, the Moana boats, uh, if anyone's familiar with that. So he loves Maui. Uh, but so, you know, we're, we're pulling into the museum, and I'm just, you know, we're on our way to the car park. Uh, it's, it's drizzly. It's, you know, it's wet. It's Auckland traffic. And... Uh, these two, uh, I'll call them lovely, I'm sure they were lovely, uh, t- two lovely ladies uh, decide that they want to cross the road in front of me. 
Um, and I was looking around, there was no pedestrian crossing, there was no zebra crossing that I could, I could see. Uh, so uh, what I thought I'd do was, okay, you know, they're quite casual about the whole situation that uh, they have the right of way. I was like, man, I'm in a car. Uh, this weighs a lot. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure I've got the right of way. So what I thought I'd do just to let them know that I had the right of way was um, I thought I'd speed up to them. So I you know, sped up to them, and then you know, just before I got to them, quickly slammed on the brakes, uh, just to let them know uh, that this indeed was not a pedestrian crossing, and uh, that I had the right of way. Um, quickly, Bex looked over at me and said, are you okay? Like, is there something I don't know about? Uh, is there something going on? I was like, I'm, I'm fine. They were, they were the ones that were out of line trying to cross the road when there wasn't a pedestrian crossing. Um, come on, any, anyone, anyone out there with me? <laughs> Getting quiet up here. Uh, but uh, quite clearly, Bex wanted to kick me out of the car at that point. But uh, I guess what the point I'm trying to make is, how quickly uh, can we go from loving Jesus uh, and flipping over that tension of, man, right now, all I want to do is just take things into my own hands. And uh, quite quickly, the tension flips from, you know, man, the joy of the Lord is my strength to flipping heck, who is God? Like, do we need to go to church on Sunday? Like, I don't know. Um, and uh, am I proud of what I did? No, not really. Um, would I do it again? Hopefully not. Um, but I guess I want to dedicate to the, this message to everybody out there who have found, them that, found themselves in that situation from loving Jesus been in the Word, listening to worship. The thing is, we were probably listening to worship music when I did that, because that's all we listened to. Um, but come on, I want to dedicate this to everybody out there who has had those moments. You've, you've loved Jesus, but in the matter of moments or seconds, whatever is going on, uh, you've flipped, flipped the switch. Uh, you've done something you're not proud of, and you've done something that's out of character, and you know, certainly wasn't in line with who Jesus is in our life. So is that Okay. And so today we want to explore, I mean, how, how do we stop from going back, uh, but how do we keep moving forward and keep overcoming these things? And really, this is where I think we need to understand you know, the fullness of the gospel. Uh, and I think the Apostle Paul teaches it brilliantly and, uh, let's be honest, better than anybody out there. Uh, that's probably why he's written two-thirds of the New Testament and we uh, use his teaching for our life. Uh, but I want to pick things back up in verse 16 of Second, Second Galatians. So uh, bear with me, and it's going to be on the screen, but uh, we know very well <clears throat> that we are not set right with God by rule-keeping, but only through personal faith in Jesus Christ. How do we know? We tried it. We had the best system of rules the world had ever seen, uh, referring to the Old Testament and, uh, and specifically the Ten Commandments. Uh, <clears throat> convinced that no human being can please God by self-improvement, you know, so, we, so we know that we can't please God by self-improvement and personal development. Uh, we believe in Jesus as Messiah so that we might be set right before God by trusting. So by trusting instead of doing. So it's an internal thing, not an external thing. Trusting in the Messiah, not by trying to be good. Now, you pop down to verse 19 with me. Now, what actually took place is this. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit being a lawman so that I could be God's man or, or God's woman. And really, I think that's where we would find ourselves this morning for most of us, uh, that we've chosen a life to follow Jesus, but every now and again we have these 
moments or episodes or days like I did that day in the car. Um, But I think what Paul has for us in uh, the following verse, in verse 20, is a central focus to his teaching. And I really believe that if we can take hold of this and grasp what comes next, uh, this could impact our faith and impact our walk with God uh, in a greater way than, than most things can. I, almost as great as outside of our salvation is how I feel about this particular verse. Um, and I guess what, what we're going to dive into today. And so uh, Galatians 2.20 says this, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. So how do we keep from going back? How do we keep on overcoming? Galatians 2.20, I think, says it all. I have been crucified. So we know that Jesus has been crucified, but when was the last time we thought about the fact that uh, we have been crucified as well? Come on, I have been crucified is what Paul says And then the next line, and such a great principle and key principle, it's I no longer live. I've been crucified. I don't live. It's no longer me. And, uh, you know, it's not a a popular message, but uh, come on, we need to to learn to put some things to death. Okay, we we need to learn the art of dying really well. Come on, I wonder if there's some things in your life that uh, you need to put to death or or learn how to put down or, or lay down. Because uh, the thing about when we're dead is that a dead man, they don't get angry, right? Uh, dead man, they don't get frustrated. Uh, they, they aren't jealous. Uh, they don't envy. Uh, but, but when we're dead, we allow uh, the living breath of God to move through us. And I know some of you, you might be here telling you, like, man, really, it's 10, 15 on a Sunday. We're going to talk about dying. Uh, we're going to talk about dying, Johnny. And... Um, I like responses at an all-time low, right? You're like, uh, preach, preach that. Amen, come on. Uh, but if, uh, you know, when we look at the book of, of Galatians, uh, this is what it teaches us. It teaches us how to live consistent, uh, not to be swayed by the world or uh, society or public opinion, uh, but to live as, as God's man, God's woman. This is how we keep overcoming. So are you guys up for that? We're up for that this morning. Uh, And I love what, uh, you know, Jesus picks this up in Matthew 16 when he says this. Verse 22, from that time on, meaning that time being the end of Jesus' ministry, uh, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, that he must be killed on the third day and raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Come on, anyone feel sorry for Peter? (laughs) He gets so many public grillings, doesn't he? Feels like my childhood right there, you know, like public grillings from my dad. Anyway, uh, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Now, in, in this Matthew 16, Jesus, I believe, shares a, a model and a way of living, uh, a way of living with God. 
Uh, and the secret is found in this practice of living a crucified life. In order to live life to the full, something in our life needs to die. Come on, on that day in the car, I believe that, um, you know, if I'd laid some stuff down at the start of my day, if I'd killed off some stuff before I got in the car, I believe the outcome would have been very different. That, you know, I would have been close to Jesus. Uh, I wouldn't have been swayed or, or derailed by such a, a trivial and silly thing. But come on, in our lives, how many times have we been derailed? How many times have we uh, gone off uh, the boiler? How many times have we, um, you know, in an instant, gone from this tension of loving Jesus and like kind of realizing, man, are we even saved right now? Come on, whether it's Auckland traffic, come on, Auckland traffic, you know, we get a little bit rattled. Anyone, anyone on the coast still waiting for Penlink to come through? You've been waiting for 15 years, I don't know when it's happening. Come on, everyone's still waiting for a rail link to come up to Silverdale? I've got great news for you, actually. It's coming. 2040. <laughs> 2040, so you're going to have to wait until that point. I think that's what uh, Simon Bridges said. Um, but I think sometimes, if I'm honest, you know, we want change situations. But who knows that God wants to change us? I don't need my situation to change. We don't need our, our situation to change. But in order to change, something needs to die. And um, now I love what it says in Romans 6, verse 6 to 7. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So anyone who dies, anyone keen to die, metaphorically, anyone who dies is free. Come on, I should have asked that question. Who wants to be free? Come on, who wants to live in freedom? Then something needs to die. We need to put to death something. Come on, and so right here right now, I want to say, you know, how, do we keep to, how do we keep overcoming? And the, the first point uh, that I want to make is found in Galatians 2.20, which we've been talking about. Come on, it says this, I have been crucified. I no longer live. I, I, I. Uh, my first point is this, number one. Uh, we need to overcome self. We need to overcome self. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 31. I face death every day, yes. Just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Come on, what's Paul saying? He says that I die every day. There's stuff I need to put down every single day. Come on, this faith that we walk out in Christ, it's a daily thing. Uh, I don't know about you, but I wish it was a momentary thing. I wish a single event could change everything about me for the rest of my life. But I don't know about you. I wake up every day, uh, I was going to say the same. Hopefully I'm changing. Uh, but every day there's things that I need to lay down in my life. You know, whether it's starting with a prayer. You know, God, would you, uh, would you lead me and guide me today? Man, I just need you. Uh, I need you when I get in the car. Because who knows that even from this point on, we're going to, uh, after, after church, we're going to go get in our car. Uh, we're going to get into the car park. And for some of us, just getting out of the car park, you know, that switch wants to come on. You know, but man, what are we laying down each day? What needs to die? You know, last year, uh, my kind of, uh, my verse for 2017 was uh, John 3 verse 30. Uh, it says this, <clears throat> He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. And you now I really believe if we want to overcome self, uh, we need to start 
with that spirit. Man, there, there, must, there needs to be less of me and more of Jesus. There needs to be less of my mess and less of the way I think, the, uh, less of the way I do things, and more of the way that God wants to lead me, more of the way that God wants to guide me. God, would you renew my mind? Would you strengthen my spirit? Come on, is there anyone out there that needs to start their day with God every day? Uh, and I say this, but uh, it needs to be daily because who knows that, that 24 hours, uh, man, it can sometimes feel like uh, a short space of time between drinks, if you know what I mean. 24 hours, but man, we need to do this, do this daily. And so how do we overcome self? Uh, humility. Humility. Come on, let's start our day face down, knees down, surrendering to God, laying some stuff down. Is that okay? Okay, number two, point number two. Again, how do we keep overcoming? Uh, number two, we need to overcome the flesh. Galatians 5 verse 24 says this, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Come on, anyone in here have some passions and desires? I don't know about you, but I know in my life, I know, I know what my internal world looks like, and there's some passions and desires, if I'm completely honest, that don't line up with who God is. Come on, there's some things that are going on in my life, in my world, my, whether it's something I think about, whether it's a heart thing, whatever it might be. There's some passions and desires that aren't quite lining up with the Word of God. Uh, but I've got great news. We don't have to accept those passions and desires, amen. We don't have to live by our feelings. But in, in contrary, we can live by the conviction of the Word of God. Come on, I love what it says in, in Joshua 24, verse 15. If you don't have this on your wall, this is a great thing to have on your wall at home. Come on, whom, uh, choose whom to serve this day. Choose to, who you will serve this day. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Come on, we need to make some decisions in our life that are gonna dictate how we live. That we don't have to be ruled by our feelings. We don't have to be ruled by the fleeting thoughts that come into our mind. But we can live out of the conviction of God's word. We can live out of the conviction of the Holy Spirit that he is leading and he is guiding us. How do we overcome the flesh? Choices. Come on, we need to make great decisions. We need to make great choices in our world, in our life, every day to follow Jesus. Man, what does it look like in this situation? What does it look like in this particular environment? We need to make some amazing choices to honor the word of God, to live out of, out, of, out of our convictions and not just go with where the wind sways in terms of our internal gut check or what comes through our mind. Amen? And then third and finally, and uh, why don't the band come and join me on stage? Third and finally, how do we live this overcoming life? We need to overcome the world. Number three, we need to overcome the world. Galatians 6 verse 14 says this, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. Come on, do you know we need a, we need a world filter, I reckon. We need a world filter. Now, we all need a gut check. We all need boundaries. We all need a line in the sand. Um, of things that we just won't get involved in, of a line that we just won't cross in our world, in our life. And the thing is, you, know, you don't need me to tell you up here how to live your life. You know, you've got the Holy Spirit living within you. You've got a Bible. 
But, you know, for those that don't know a lot of my story, you know, uh, when I first got saved uh, about 10 years ago, almost 11 years ago, when I was 23, uh, I'd lived a lot of life. Uh, but when I encountered God, uh, when I encountered the grace that He had for me, the love that He so uh, kindly showered into my life, there were some things I needed to change. There were some shifts I needed to make. Uh, at the time of when I got saved, I was uh, living with my girlfriend uh, in an apartment uh, in, in the city. Uh, that girlfriend was not Bex. And uh, I'm so thankful that I do have Bex now though. Um, but I tell you, within two weeks, I was out of that apartment. I was out of the apartment. God had done such a deep work in my life that I knew that I had to get into a Christian environment. So the next day, Sunday, I got home from church. I just got saved. I was like, man, I need to, man, once, uh, first of all, I'm breaking up with you. Uh, and then I'm moving out. So I was on, you know, Christian Accommodation New Zealand. I was searching for flats, visiting flats uh, that week. As soon as we could get out of the, the lease that we had on the house, man, I was out of there. That was a, a fortnightly, you know, two weeks at top. I had to go get my life right, you know. I had to uh, do life with people who had the same values, the same beliefs as I did. You know, where I, where I grew up, I had some uh, good friendships and strong friendships growing up. But these were guys that, you know, they were just running their race differently from me. And uh, to be honest, I had to, cut, I had to cut these friendships. I had to break away from these relationships. Uh, guys that I'd grown up with, uh, guys that I'd done all of high school with and we're done university with. Uh, these were guys that I'd shared every moment with. Um, but... What God was doing in me was greater than anything that they were ever going to offer me. And so I've got to tell you, for three years, I had nothing to do with them. I didn't see them. I didn't go and hang out with them. I sowed my life into church. I sowed my life into what God had for me. Now, I wonder where you're at today. I wonder uh, what the things are in your world that you need to get away from, that you just don't need to be involved in. I change what I watch. I change the movies I watch, the music I listen to. Because I knew that if I was to put it all in with God, if I was to go God's way, there's, there's no enmity between God and the, and the world. You can't have both. It's, it's either God or, or nothing. That's the faith we profess to. That's the faith we live out. And for me, I, I needed a break from the world. And I'm not telling you how to live your life. I don't know what line it is that you need to put in place today. And, uh, but for me, that, you know, this is my story and that's what I needed. So I wonder what it is you don't need to get involved. What is it you need to, you need to stay out of? 2 Corinthians 16, verse 17 and 18 says this. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. How do we overcome the world? Separation. Sometimes we need to have a separation in our life. Come on, overcoming. How do we keep overcoming? Humility. Can we need to start our day before God. We need to overcome self, humility. Secondly, come on, we need to overcome the flesh. How do we do that? We need to make great choices. And then thirdly, how do we overcome the world, this element of society, this element of influence that's trying to take me away from the things of God? 
for a period of time in a particular area, I believe that there's gonna have to be separation. There's elements of your life that you need to, you need to separate from. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.